Welcome to Paydirt Sports. This is Will Dundon. I got Nick Trucial and Reese Bennett here next to me. Big weekend of NFL, not super big weekend of college football, but some almost giant upsets. Guys. Almost. I mean, oh. so I, I want to open up actually the first game I saw uh, when I when I first started watching college football right after college game day, I flipped on Oklahoma and Kansas. That was a crazy Dude, game. Kansas marched right down the field on them. First drive, no problem. And I was like, this is this is going to be a game. Yeah. Here, here it comes. Oklahoma's been keeping games close all year. But I was really excited for that game because I was like, this would be awesome if Kansas was the one to finally knock them off. And because Kansas is now one and six. So yeah, if they would have beaten them. You would have had a two and five Kansas team with a top three win on their resume, which is, I mean, if you're a Kansas fan, I'm sure there's not many Kansas football fans, honestly. But Lance Leopold, the fact that you just, I, I like, I don't care if Oklahoma's been keeping games close. You're Kansas. Yeah, like you are the Kansas. worst team in the Big 12. You are feeling really good about Lance Leopold right now because I think their over-under wins was set at one. Was it really? I think it was. I think it was one win. So if they went – and seeing that, you're thinking like, they well, might steal, we might get steal another, a game yeah. or two. You know, there's half a season left. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, so that was the first one I saw. Did y'all see the Caleb Williams play? Yeah, where he stole it from his own running back and tried to – Get it on fourth down. So that was, was crazy. Yeah, it was. I think Oklahoma was up at the time, 28 yeah. 23 or something. And it was a fourth and one kind of around midfield. And so Oklahoma decided to go for it because I think that would. I, I don't know how late it was in the fourth quarter. I don't know if they just thought they could keep the drive going or if they thought if we get a first down, the game's basically over. I, I don't remember how much time was left. But anyway, Oklahoma hands the ball off to the running back. He gets bottled up, and Caleb Williams is kind of there <laughs> leading the way. And he just goes and strips the ball from his own running back and stumbles forward a couple yards. That. Never seen it. Because at first you're looking at a play like that and you think, is that even legal? Yeah, can you even do that? But yeah, I mean, it's not. he didn't pitch it forward. You didn't pull the running back forward. I think Mm-mm. that's illegal. You can't pull a guy you into the end You can't pull a guy? You can push a guy, like a but lineman. But you can't pull? Yeah. Because remember the whole like bush-push scenario oh, in the USC yeah. Notre Dame game? That would be... I think they kind of pulled him in or something. I see. But anyway, that was just a smart football guy play right there. I mean, you think you're, you're I literally? Would, yeah, I mean, don't want to I mean, lose the fourth it's, down. It's like, I mean, you see the guys on like maybe a kickoff return or an interception. They'll like pitch it back to one of their buddies or hand it to him if they're getting tackled. Like that's just smart football right there. Right, if it works. Right? If it works. If if uh, I feel like if you're a coach and you see that play, you're looking at your players and be like, don't ever do that. Oh no! Because <laughs> like, that a, is such a, play, a risk of a fumble. Yeah. That's a play. Caleb Williams in his head was just like, "Hey, this is what I'm gonna do." Instinct. It's an instinct thing. Don't ever yeah. think about doing something like that. If you instinctually happen to do it and it works out, good for you. But, so be it. But but yeah, then another top two team or top top four team anyway in Cincinnati had a scare against Navy, which they I think they were up like twenty seven thirteen. Yeah. So it didn't look like it was really going to be a scare or an upset. But the Navy goes down and scores and then gets the onside kick. And you're thinking, oh, my Like, God. uh-oh, here they come. And, and Navy's a bad team. Like, you know, every, for the past, I don't know, three, four, five years, Navy has been a relatively good team. They've been in the top 25 a couple times. But this year, Navy's bad. And for Cincinnati to get a little bit nervous and get a little bit hot playing Navy is, is I mean, it's not the greatest look. I mean, Cincinnati won, but you got to think that, hey, that's a trap game almost. Right, and if you're Cincinnati, we we talked about this in the past couple of weeks. Cincinnati's got to take care of business. Oh yeah, and even though 
I do think they're heads and shoulders above everyone else on their schedule, maybe besides SMU or someone. You have a target on your back. It's always, now you know. You know what you have to do. It's hard to go undefeated no matter who you are. I mean, we saw, we'll talk about it in a second. Well, no, we talked about it last week. Never mind. <laughs> we saw Iowa get crushed by Purdue last week. You oh, know, yeah, it can happen. Iowa's, I think, clearly a better team than Purdue. Purdue just lost uh, to Wisconsin and got pretty much manhandled by them. It's just hard to go undefeated. So Cincinnati's going to have to hang in. I hope they can't have too many close games, though, honestly. No. Too many close games, and the committee will throw in a one-loss team over there. Yeah, because, I mean, I think it'll be fair just because of the strength of schedule. It's it's tough to put somebody in when they don't have quite the resume as a, a Power 5, so we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, and I think Cincinnati is capable of beating really good teams, but to get into the playoff, I do believe they're going to have to beat They'll have to make by, some statement games, pretty, yeah. Pretty consistently, because if you're the number three team in the country or whatever, you're going to beat all these American conference teams by three touchdowns if you're truly a top five team like that. I would think, right? Yeah. And I don't know how good SMU is. That Tanner Mordecai kid is really good. I don't know if y'all saw it. I I don't remember if it was a Thursday night game or if it was Saturday. Yeah, he transferred. He was at Oklahoma originally. Threw for like 456 yards or something. He's like a he's kind of the new sleeper, really? mid-major Heisman kind of type guy. Well, y- y'all will see it SMU uh, when we release it. Uh, I was going to do it this weekend, but got a little sidetracked. But everyone will see it. Uh, SMU is on my top ten uniform list. Oh, I love of, of college football. Yeah, I'm a big there for a few years this now. This season, what, what's what's your favorite SMU uniform actually? Well, uh, okay, here's here's a uh, combo little, that is here's yeah. a little. Surprise! When you read the article, my favorite SMU uniform combo is the Dallas-themed uniforms that they wear. I don't what, know if you guys have seen those. I don't know. I know maybe this is the same one. Maybe it's not. But the their traditional. I thought about this like ten years ago. They came out in just their normal blue jersey, white pants, white helmets, and I think it's just a really clean looking. It look. is a pretty it's clean. The blue it's a classic look. The yeah. blue pops. The blue and their red. They have such a like bold. Color scheme. They, they do have like a bold. The color red scheme. is bright. The blue is kind of bright. Pretty like it pops. It really does. Hey, nothing beats the red, white, and blue, baby. It's true. Mm-mm. Honestly, those are kind of white and then red and blue. If you have either of those colors, they're gonna. That's like a good color combination. That's why I love the Huskers uniforms. I love uh, even actually Penn State. Even just navy and white. Like any sort of shade of blue and white looks good. Any sort of shade of red and white, I feel like usually looks good. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good yeah. Reese is showing me the Dallas uh, combo, and it actually looks pretty good. Pretty si- similar to what I said, but they do yeah, a little exactly do a couple little they extra little, minor detail yeah, stuff. But yeah, but SMU, yeah, I mean they're pretty good. So are they undefeated? They, uh I mean they. I think they have one loss. Do they have one one loss? No, they're seven and zero. Excuse me. So what if number nineteen in the country? What yeah. if SMU comes out and beats Cincinnati? Do they jump? And then goes undefeated. I mean, this that college would be football, insane. This college football season has been crazy already, and that would just add to it. Right. Add to the chaos. Yeah. Honestly, I think what would happen, I think if SMU beats since I think the only chance the American has it going to a, the playoff is Cincinnati. I think if SMU beats Cincinnati, then the la- like they're 19 right now, so they would jump up to like 
eight or something. Or yeah, si- I, they'd leave them at six or something if they went undefeated. They wouldn't. It, the ladder would be too tall for them to climb. Yeah, and I mean I, that definitely has to come with strength of schedule because I mean Cincinnati at least scheduled some pretty tough non-conference games with Notre Dame, Notre and Indiana, Dame, yeah. Indiana. So, well, in Cincinnati, you have the they went to a bowl game and played Georgia last year and near beat them, but had a close game. So you know they at least you know Cincinnati can keep up with that kind of talent. Yeah, yeah. and they have a great coach. And you can't always say, like, like if Cincinnati ends up losing one of these games, you wouldn't necessarily say, oh, that team beat Cincinnati, so they can keep up with, you know, a power five, like an SEC right. school. It doesn't, it doesn't always relate like that. It all comes down to matchups and everything, which is why, I mean, Navy's still Navy. They're still running the triple option, right? Yeah. Yep. That's hard. It's, it's, it's going to be hard, hard to, to stop. Yeah. The Army-Navy game is still going to be sick. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Speaking Everybody of, loves the Army Navy upsets, game. Army gave number thirteen now Wake Forest a run for their money. Yes. That was a high scoring. That game. was it. Literally looked it was like, like seventy Wake to fifty six. Seventy yeah. to fifty six. Yeah. yeah. Literally looked like a Wake Forest versus Army basketball game. Seventy to fifty six. Yeah. Like that will be the score if Wake Forest. There's and Army a good chance. Basketball. But yeah, Sam Hartman, dude. He threw for like I don't even know that actually. dude's a legend. Over he was like. The thing was, is he didn't even throw the ball 30 times, and he threw for over 400 yards, I think. So it was like... He doesn't need the attempts to... He's just throwing They're all bombs. long balls, yeah. yeah. Which, and I yeah, remember... he was 23 for 29 for 458 yards and five touchdowns. Jeez. That is insane. And he was actually on... Did you ever watch QB1, that show on Netflix? Mm-mm. So the first season was like Jake Fromm, Justin Fields, Tate Martell. So you had like a really big... Yeah. Especially really good characters. The second season, I remember trying to watch, and I didn't watch the whole thing. It was definitely overshadowed by the first season. I think Spencer Rattler was actually on the second season, but obviously God, I didn't care about I, him. Yeah. But Sam Hartman was on that second season, so I kind of have always been like, oh, yeah, there's Sam yeah. Hartman playing. And he's kind of slowly just keeps He's rising up. up the depth charts, or I, no, excuse me, depth charts, but kind of like Heisman charts almost. I would think so, right? Yeah. He's the new Sam Howell. Yeah, he really <laughs> he's is. He's the guy in the he's ACC. He's the ACC guy, yeah. He's the guy in the ACC, and there's a, I think Wake Forest is probably one of his bigger offers out of high school. I don't, I don't remember, I don't want to state this as fact, but I think he was only a three-star or something, which is why I went to That Wake sounds Forest. right, yeah. Or maybe he just wanted to stay close to... I think he's from Carolina or went to high school there anyway. But it, regardless, he's killing it. And Wake Forest... 7-0. and Yeah. I mean, they, they thought, look strong. Who would have thought this year that an ACC team will be going off that's not Clemson? And it's Wake Forest, in fact. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody thought Wake Forest was going to be any good, but that's another one. You have a lot of sleepers still alive. Yeah. In college football, I mean, like we just talked about SMU, kind of in a way, they at least have a they're a sleeper to be undefeated. You know. Yeah. And then Wake Forest, I can't. I mean, who's going to beat Wake Forest in the ACC? Pitt. Maybe. Pitt. Maybe they'll have to play them there. The Are they in schedule? separate divisions? The remaining schedule is Duke, UNC, NC State. NC State's not bad. NC State's not Clemson bad. Clemson and Boston College. So I mean, and really, Boston College and Clemson aren't—they're still they're, not going to be like yeah, all I don't over. Think any of those games are a lock for Wake Forest. Yeah, but I mean, if they come in and run the table, they'd have a pretty solid resume. If they—I mean, you go undefeated and win the ACC, you deserve to be in, even if the ACC's down. Yeah, it's still Power Five. Still Power I, Five, and you go undefeated. You can't really argue that. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's see what. Is, oh, big upset in my opinion. Uh, probably in a lot of people's opinions. 
Illinois beating Penn State in like yeah, what was it record nine setting overtime. nine yeah. overtime set the record. The well, previous was A and M LSU, yeah, correct? But I don't really count this one. Sorry, Illinois, but I don't really count this record setting overtime because this is the new overtime rules where after I think the third overtime you start doing plays from like the three yard line or something. You just go yeah. back and forth from the three. So I'm not counting it as the overtime. No, record. it's different. Not in my book. And in a way, it's funny because. This is why they changed it to the two point tries after the third overtime to not have like nine overtimes. Yeah, but, but obviously but here, we are. here we are. But also to kind of be go on the other end of that, it definitely still speeds up the game because you just have a it try does. after try. I mean, this was one of the ugliest nine overtimes I've ever seen. There was so many drop passes, so many missed opportunities. So I think this game was an extreme outlier and. It won't happen again. I mean, there were so many ridiculous drops. It was getting yeah, yeah. frustrating. It's literally the foot. It's the football version of a hockey penalty shootout or a, a, a exactly they call it in soccer, but where they do penalty kicks or whatever. Yeah. So it's it's. I mean, I think it's fine. College football. It's fun to watch. You know, overtime's always cool because like, oh, are they going to get this one and win? You know, blah blah blah. But crazy nine overtimes is still is still insane. So is it. But also it, crazy that it was so low scoring to have nine overtimes. I mean, the the seven overtime game with A and M and LSU was it ended in seventy four to seventy two. This game ends was, in twenty to eighteen. That's yeah, nine overtimes, Weird. twenty to eighteen, because it was so, just all failed attempts. Is is the rule? Do you do you do two overtimes and then you go into this, or is it three overtimes and then you go into this? I think it's three. I'm pretty sure it's three, but don't because don't so me on it. you know how the old rule was. Once you got to the third overtime, you had to score, and then you had to go for two. Right. So do they still do that? No, I think it's just a two point play. They don't. Do, no, I know, they but don't I'm do saying, touchdowns anymore. Right. So that's what I'm saying, though. Is it two overtimes, and then you go into two point tries, or is it three overtimes? Oh wait, you no. have to go for so, two. And then you go into two point they, tries. They pushed it back, so it was required to run a two point conversion play after a touchdown when a game reaches a second to- overtime period. Previously, a second point attempt was required after the third overtime period. Oh, so, so you have to go for two in the second? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, when a game reaches a second overtime, so it, it got pushed up. Wow. So then, if the game reaches a third overtime, the team will run alternating two point plays instead of starting another drive. So they, in the second overtime, you have to go for two. If you both don't get that or both get it or whatever, then it goes to the alternating two point plays. Gotcha, gotcha. There were a lot of fans who were really upset about this rule before the season started, and I never understood it. And I think it was they thought it was just kind of a screwy way to do it. But in my opinion, once you get past two overtimes it's like okay let's just yeah, figure let's out how to win this game, how to win this like, game. i'm just glad it's not a tie like the nfl no god yeah you wouldn't be i mean you wouldn't be able to do that in college there would be so think about the arguments that would happen uh just when the playoff starts coming around and you have a It'd team with ridiculous. a tie and a team with a loss and but the ties to not a great team the loss is to like a top 10 team that, yeah the arguments would be insane that'd be i wouldn't want to deal with that so I'm glad but that's not the way Nevertheless, uh, upset. I guess, Will, you don't have to be as sad about Nebraska losing to Illinois now that they beat Penn State. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm Silver, still Silver lining. <laughs> we'll see. Dude, they have – I'll go ahead and preview Nebraska a little bit before we do college preview. I won't go too far into it. 
Nebraska has Purdue this upcoming weekend. I'll actually be at the game. Hey. And the Huskers are officially in. Do you throw in the towel or do you play for your lives? Because this is a game. You, they have to win three of the next four to go six and six. And I think it's Purdue, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Iowa. And maybe yeah, Purdue, tough. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa. I mean, the hey. The thing is, apparently, the Huskers on like the ESPN predictor are favored to win in all of those games except for Ohio State. We're even favored over Iowa. Our least uh that's our least uh highest percentage is like we are fifty point six percent chance of winning at Wisconsin. But uh, the the it's like the experts see this team and they say, Man, this team has so much potential. They have they they have the ability to beat all these teams, they just haven't done it. But basically we're the Huskers just continue to not play up to their standard, which is the way I describe this season. You don't play up to your ability. I mean, we saw that last week uh, or two weeks ago against Minnesota. But anyway, I digress. I will be at the game cheering on my Huskers, and I'm excited for it. Um, another game that was interesting where game day was UCLA-Oregon. Oregon looks pretty good still. They lost that game to Stanford. They're still just a one-loss team. And they they're, beat Ohio State. They beat Ohio State, so they're not out of it either. Yeah, I mean. That's a team that, if they went out, I, who knows what could happen. I don't know. Oregon's they're like a solid team, and they have the Thibodeau defensive lineman back. Their their defense looks pretty good, but their quarterback, he's I don't know, he's kind of a bonehead. I was watching him a little bit, and he he he's good. He can make a nice throw, and he can run, but he's, he's also he he just makes some poor decisions at times. So I think that will break Oregon's back eventually. Yeah, we'll see. He's kind of one of those guys that's just dangerous. Like he could be kind of a highlight guy, but yeah, like you said, not a great decision maker. I'm interested to see what happens if it comes down to Ohio State winning out and Oregon winning out. Because Ohio State looks a lot better now yeah, they than they did, did earlier they've in the tuned, season. They've tuned it up. But, I mean, Oregon beat them head-to-head. So it would be hard for me to not put Oregon in over them, even though I do think Ohio State is better now. Probably would beat them now, I think. I think so. But that's I mean, so not fair to yeah, Oregon. You can, that's yeah. so not fair. Yeah, I mean, they beat them. They, it is what it is, so you can't take that away. Yeah, I mean, these days, I would think, you know, assuming they both win all their games and then they win their conference championships, I think that recently the Big Ten conference championship carries more clout than a Pac-12 conference championship in terms of the college football playoff committee. Yeah, I mean, the Big Ten is a tougher conference. Yeah. But, yeah, that's going to be weird i honestly don't think it'll happen though i think one of those teams will lose another i think actually i think, I think oregon, oregon will, will probably lose another game they'll slip up to someone uh let's see what else we got here clemson pitt was a pretty interesting one to me yeah they, they clemson was right there and they almost got the backdoor cover at the end of the game but Pickett might be the real deal i mean this was the by far the worst game Clemson's defense has played all season. I mean, they right because Clemson them. still has a really good defense. Yeah, they That's been ranked the in like the top ten and like everything. It's just their offense has been so bad, and they even put in their uh, other quarterback. I mean, their offensive line just looks soft. Uh, someone mentioned to me, DJ Uyunglele is on the Dr Pepper commercials and everything. He was the first guy to get like a giant deal like nil nil mm. deal and it was with dr pepper 
you see all these commercials and you're like, this guy's literally benched. And yeah. <laughs> like he's making so much money. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like a lot of it isn't his fault because there were some bad drops and he does, doesn't have much time, but he also just makes some boneheaded mistakes and kind of, he, he's, he's doesn't elevate guys to kind of a better level or mm-hmm. really do those great things that you saw Trevor Lawrence do. So they need a spark to do something. So maybe, I get the bench. Maybe they're just young. I mean, you can always chalk up a team that doesn't meet the expectations as, hey, you know, we got a lot of young guys. Yeah, a lot of team. young guys. We lost we lost our leaders. We lost our key guys. Like, maybe they're just young. But I could also see that, is this the beginning of the end of the Clemson dynasty? I was actually going to say what you said just a second ago about DJ. I mean, he's still relatively young, right? Is he considered a freshman still? I guess he is because of COVID last yeah. year. So, I think... If you're a Clemson fan, you're just used, you just had two of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time back to back, back to back, yeah, winning national you can't championships be too and pissed off about one down year. Two guys who didn't win the Heisman, but it was kind of like, I mean, they kind of it, it was almost like they did in a way, yeah. Like everyone considered them the best player in college football at, at one time, a notional you know? Heisman, right? It was kind of like some people think Deshaun Watson got robbed. Trevor Lawrence was like always a favorite, and he probably should have won it his fresh. I don't remember who won it his freshman year, so maybe it was probably Kyler. Was it? If it was Kyler, then yeah, maybe give it to Kyler. But he but, was. But regardless, he was always in the conversation. Trevor Lawrence was always in the Heisman conversation, and was probably always the best, like true quarterback, if that makes sense. Like, Kyler Murray is a football player and obviously is a great quarterback in the NFL. But in college, it's a different kind of play style. Trevor Lawrence was a true, like, pocket passer, run when he needed to, like, athletic to run at times. But, yeah, it looks like Kyler. I I mean, they ran into Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Joe Burrow, like... It's just tough, tough playing against those. Yeah, Yeah. it's tough playing against, (laughs) competing against those guys and uh, for the Heisman. And then Devontae Smith just had an unreal season, and he's also on Alabama. Yeah, and last year was a weird year too. It made sense that they gave to a receiver freaking COVID year. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Yeah. he had what fifteen hundred yards or something receiving. Well, and he had a million, like a million touchdowns. Eighteen. Um, a funny tweet I saw the other day. Talked about think about being an Oklahoma fan and having Heisman quarterback Baker Mayfield, Heisman quarterback Kyler Murray, Heisman finalist Jalen Hurts, Heisman favorite multiple times Spencer Rattler at the beginning uh, of the season. Yeah, QBU. Then you then you bench him, and your new quarterback is getting entered into like the dark horse Heisman conversation. Yeah, yeah they're. Turning into QBU, they're spoiled. for sure. They're really if you're an Oklahoma Sooner, you're spoiled as a yeah, fan. Yeah, it's no longer re- with your USC. Well, in the last three, Mayfield, uh, Murray, and Hertz all transfers too. Guys, you didn't yeah, even that's recruit. True. I mean, you recruited them away from their original school. Yeah, but, but still. didn't even recruit out of high school. Baker comes and walks on. Kyler was at A and M before, A&M. and then right. leaves. Jalen Hurts leaves, obviously, because uh, Tua took his place. Yeah, which was just – I think that's more – it was more of an offensive thing there because we saw Jalen Hurts went off at Oklahoma and seems to be doing well. Very well. In the NFL. I think yeah. if he had an offensive line in Philadelphia, he would he would be, you know, middle-of-the-road quarterback. 
Yeah, but I'm he, happy. He's been running for his life, it seems like, this season. Right. I'm happy for him because, I mean, it's hard not to root for Jalen Hurts because he kind of has, even though he's just been really good his whole career in college, he still kind of has kind of an underdog story almost just for the fact of getting benched in that national championship game and then being the backup and then coming in still when they needed to in that SEC championship game the next year, you know. But, yeah. Well, and this goes back to my cutting cutting your dreadlocks theory. Jalen Hurts used to have dreadlocks, cut them at Alabama, went to Oklahoma, no dreadlocks, went off. Now in the NFL, no dreadlocks. He still has Doing potential to go off. Yeah, who knows? And uh, breaking news, Joe Flacco has been traded to the Jets. Oh, so yeah. now Jalen Hurts doesn't have Joe Flacco's Super Bowl winning shadow hanging over him in Philadelphia, so he can really turn it on. Joe Flacco to the Jets. I love is he it. Gonna, wait, will he play then? Because isn't yeah Wilson's hurt and well because Flacco was on the Jets so he's like it knows the, the franchise. I mean it's a different system because Sal's the head coach. But who's the backup there it right was now? Mike White. Yeah, a guy I'd former never even Western heard of. Kentucky Hilltopper, I believe. Interesting. There you go. So will he get the job and Flacco is just there because he knows the system, or will they give the job to Flacco? I I don't see a situation where Flacco is the the second string behind Mike White. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't think so, but I also haven't seen Joe Flacco play in a long time, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, Joe Flacco could just be trash. I mean, Joe Flacco is the king of throwing deep balls and having his wide receivers like get pass interference penalties. Like They don't actually catch the ball, but they're able to draw a pass interference, which moves the ball downfield. So I see. if I were the Jets, I would take Joe Flacco starting. Also, it looks like, yeah, Wisconsin came out, Purdue after beating Iowa. I knew this was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to be to this extent, but I was not a believer in Purdue. The same reason I wasn't a believer in Iowa originally. That didn't yeah. surprise me when I when you picked Purdue to come in and maybe beat Iowa. Because Iowa drops games like that. Purdue's never that good, but they'll steal a game. They beat Ohio State that one year, uh, a few years ago, when Rondell yeah, Moore was a freshman. Right. Beat them pretty good, too. That but was they're awesome never. Game. I mean, this team is not that different from last year's team. Wisconsin to me is still, and kind of in the same boat. Wisconsin's still kind of Wisconsin. They've had a up and down year, but their defense is still good. Their quarterback is just questionable, but you know who knows? Maybe they'll get the run game going. Hopefully not too good. I hope the Huskers can go in and steal a game from them. But yeah, I was I was really hoping Purdue would be ranked coming into Lincoln this upcoming week, so maybe we'd have a chance at a ranked win. But there goes that dream. Anyway. Big game over the weekend for for me and Trucial for sure. Vols go down into Tuscaloosa and had a game oh, for man. like three and a half quarters. I mean, in the fourth quarter, quarter we, we were down seven with the ball, weren't we? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Three and a half quarters. Oh, three and a, yeah. Because, I mean, and here's the thing. A lot of people, a lot of Tennessee fans were starting to get upset with some calls they either weren't called or were called. Alabama may have got some calls, but Alabama also, they had some penalties at pretty crucial times when we needed them yeah. to have a penalty or something. I thought Tennessee caught some breaks in that game. And to me, what that game came down to, when we open up the second half and your defense gets you the ball twice in a row. Oh, that was... And you just don't score touchdowns. Don't score. And I, after we didn't score the second time, I said... It's we can't do that. Yeah. You got to when you get the opportunity to score against Alabama, you got to score because we saw what happened. We we hung around. They got up by two touchdowns, and we threw that ball to, that bomb to Tillman, 
but then it was kind of too little, too late. Now Alabama yeah. just kind of does what they do when they get. Well, they just into, wore out the defense too. They're so much deeper than we are, and we were outmanned. Yeah. Just, I mean, left and right guys were going down, cramping up. And speaking of injuries, oh, yeah. what Tell, was I know what you're terrible? Say. Was it uh, Bumpus or? Yeah, someone. By the way, I love that name, Bumpus. Yeah, went Bump. went down, and th- at the end of the third quarter, not even during. Like the when the Alabama was trying to hurry up or yeah, anything, zeros on the clock. He goes down, and the entire stadium starts booing. And then the Alabama players are like firing up the crowd even more to to continue them to boo. I didn't get it at all. It made no sense. It's because they're toothless, inbred Alabama yeah, fans. No class. Yeah, absolutely didn't no even class. realize. Oh yeah, this would be the perfect time to fake an injury when we already get an automatic timeout from the end of the third quarter. You idiots. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, they're. Just a classless fan base. Classless. Hey, it's all right. Texas A&M took them down. We got your back, Vols. And it's. I was listening to a podcast earlier talking about Alabama is the king of Alabama fans are the kings of being scared for three quarters and then kind of pulling away at the end and just giving you no respect, acting like it was never yeah. in doubt. Which I'll give it to them. They do that. A lot, but dude, Nick Saban. I haven't seen Nick Saban. I've that never mad seen him this mad like, in a long a time. Never seen him that mad at a Tennessee team for sure. Definitely. Not. Holy cow, he, he was. was I thought he was going to have an aneurysm. Well, and apparently, it's it's wild because they only had twenty four points. I say only. That's I mean that's okay. It's the most since like two thousand seven exactly. or two thousand six, two thousand three, two thousand three. That's right. Yeah. I mean, good so, lord. And if you're a Tennessee fan. A lot of Tennessee fans, when this hire happened, and even kind of as the season got closer, were thinking maybe Heupel is the stepping stone coach. Maybe no. he's the guy that gets to eight wins, nine wins, and then you find like a big name guy. I think this guy has a chance. I'm not going to like crown him already, but you, I had already put down Ole Miss as like an automatic loss before the season. I was like, there's no way we're going to be able to keep up with them, score as many points. You have them down to the wire, kind of get screwed out of a game. You go into Tuscaloosa, where no one in their right mind before the season started thought you had any chance. You get up, It'd what, 14 there. to 7? 14 to nothing, maybe. I don't remember. I think it was 14 to 7. But yeah, anyway. 14 to 7. And we with the ball, too, we were up 14 to 7. Right, right. So, with a team of like 60 scholarship, with guys who, you had, what, 20 or 30 guys leave the team last year? Yeah, the most in power, all power five. That was a that was a respect game for Josh Heupel. It Not was. only just oh, from definitely. Tennessee fans. I think he already had it with Tennessee fans. But for kind of to put the nation on notice that, hey, Josh Heupel might be, he could get Tennessee could, being dangerous. Yeah, this is legit. This is a team that you got to prepare for and be scared of. I mean, that, we're not just a pushover. That's an emotional win for the Vols. You didn't win on the scoreboard, but that is an emotional emotional win for both Heupel, the team, and the fans. Like, hey, I don't think 52-24 to 24 really reflects what kind of game this was. The Vols were really in it, like you said, for three and a half quarters. They were in it. And, you know, they couldn't capitalize. They don't have as much depth or talent as Alabama at this point. But you got to hand it to... The team and the coaches they for fought getting, so hard for getting them ready, like to play Alabama, who is an incredible team and a powerhouse for so long. I, if I'm a Tennessee fan, I think I'm really excited about what the future next one, two, three years looks like under Josh Heupel, especially 
when they get some depth guys and they get some good recruits and, you know, they they really have a program under their feet because, like you said, nobody coming into this season had any any thought in their mind about even being close to Ole Miss or Alabama. So definitely an emotional win for the Vols. Right, and most people, I'm not a big moral victory guy. No. But in a first-year head coach, you do, you you accept some moral victories. You have to. I think you have to look in the first year of a guy's tenure there. You have to look for some things to be positive about and be able to think about, hey, this could be momentum for the rest yeah. of this guy's time here. And I think you got that this week. Also, what I thought was funny is before the season, I thought the Vols, I thought best case scenario, 7-5. and five, and I didn't think they were going to go four and eight. I just didn't. I was like, they'll get they'll get five wins. So I kind of was in between that five and seven, seven and five range. And it looks like they're you pretty much have two wins on the table: South Alabama and Vandy. I feel really confident, absolutely, in saying you're going to get that with your. You could put Bailey out there. You know, you could put your. You could probably put the guy behind Bailey out there and just run the ball or throw some screen passes and beat those teams. But anyway, you still got a chance at Kentucky. So my, my point anyway is, before this season, we're kind of sitting around where I thought we would be, but this team is way better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. The defense is like light years of Tim Banks, was... dude. Give that guy a raise already. Yeah. Like, seriously, give him a raise after this year. He's done so much more than any fan could have thought. Everyone thought... With Rodney Garner helping him out, too. I mean, this, this defensive staff is rocking and rolling. Everyone expected us to give up... 35, 45 points every game. Seriously. And we're leading... 30 plus for sure. I believe we're leading the FBS in tackles for loss. Or at least the SEC. The SEC we are. And it's like now that you're not playing Bama, I mean, you're going to have to play Georgia. That's going to be tough. But like Kentucky against a guy like Levis, like they don't... Levis isn't Bryce Young, you know? And the Vols have Kentucky's number. Yeah. Yeah. They've had it for a long time. Prove being Kentucky's best team of all time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Hey, look. I'm just saying... We've been playing well this season. Who knows what could happen against Georgia? And we have a Who so ten, Tennessee has a bye week too, and they go into Kentucky after the bye week. I mean, this is kind of a tune-up game. Even though the Alabama game, you had a chance. You can you're not super dead with that loss. You know, no, no. you're not that upset. Like you go into thinking you're probably not going to win that game, but can, now that you kind of have a bye week after that. Get regroup, healthy. get healthy. Yeah, because I mean, and really game plan. I mean, you're gonna have two weeks to game plan for them. That could be huge. That would be the win of the season if they get that. We didn't talk about it, but Hendon Hooker got hurt last week against Ole Miss, and he's yeah, playing comes hurt, out com- against plays Alabama, amazing. and both of the running backs are like switching off, you know, plays, and they're like limping off the field. Like yeah. Tennessee is yeah, hurt. They're hurt. Everybody's yeah. banged. Like, for them to show up and do this against Alabama, like. That's awesome, and definitely the bye week will help them get back to relatively normal. And, and, you know, there you go. Take down Kentucky, which we were talking sleeper teams in the country, and Kentucky is a sleeper team. Right, and get, like what you said about being hurt and tired and outmanned, really. Like, you just don't have enough players. Outmanned literally. and outgunned. I, I was watching the game with our with our buddy Jack Hancock, and I was like, we were watching, and we're like, man, these guys are tired. Talking about the defense after yeah. they had kind of caused a couple – I think it was a three and out and a turnover or two three and outs maybe whatever it Block was. Block punt too. Yeah, to well uh, to begin the second half they stopped him twice, and the offense just went three and out. I think both times. Ugh, so the so defense bad. was just right back out there. I mean they had been on the field so much. 
and I was like, man, these guys are tired. And then I see Tyler Barron like patting his helmet. And if you don't, if you don't know, whenever you see a defensive guy like patting his helmet or something, that means they're tired. That means they need someone to come in for him. And he just stayed out there because I don't think they have anyone else. Yeah. Or no. the other guys are like getting the other guys are in like walk-ons too. Stretching, like, yeah. Or the other guys are just too tired as well that you had playing. I mean, you are truly the rotation is slim. Like you might have too deep at some positions, but there's a big drop off for sure. Because you know, ideally, Alabama, you know, is three deep at every position. Yeah, they can rotate guys in whenever guys get tired and you get fresh legs and everything, and they're going up against these guys who are. About to fall fall over and pass yeah, out. Yeah, beaten up all game. It's tough. But anyway, it's tough. I mean, I think Tennessee. You're kind of locked into a bowl game, so I think that's good. First year head coach, you're going to a bowl game. Something to get excited about, and you have a chance at beating a top fifteen team on the road, yeah. which would be huge for this team. So we'll have to see what happens, but optimistic for the Vols for sure. Yeah. And I guess we kind of touched on the playoff picture. There's. A lot of teams in the hunt still. You know, Georgia. Georgia, Cincinnati kind of control their own destiny as well as Oklahoma. Ohio State and Oregon and Michigan is where it all gets kind of interesting. Ohio State and Michigan, that's another game. I still believe this is the year. If Jim Harbaugh is going to do it, this is the year. Because Michigan looks – their offense isn't – it's it's McNamara just isn't doesn't have enough firepower for me to think they're going to light up a scoreboard. Against but their like a defense really good team. is defense is just still really good. Yeah, so that'll be a fun game to watch. But yeah, well, when you have Ohio State leading the nation in yards per game, right, right, that's that. It's going to come down to that matchup. Can Michigan State, Michigan's team, hold off Ohio State's offense? And it could be like a couple years ago when Shea Patterson was there, and you thought God. that Michigan team had a real chance, and Ohio State hangs like seventy on them. <laughs> it's just we don't we don't know yet how good Michigan's defense is and how good Ohio State's offense is because I don't think they've played the off the opposite yet. Like strength. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think Michigan's played a good a fantastic enough. offense. Right. Ohio State's offense hasn't played a fantastic defense yet. Right. So we'll see. I feel like that kind of covers our college football. Did y'all have anything else uh, on college football? Maybe maybe a little bit of a, an early Heisman talk. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know really what the national storylines are, but I mean, obviously, you think of guys like um, Bryce Young, and really, Bryce Young is the only person who comes to mind in my head about Heisman's. It's all like dark horse guys for me. Yeah, like Caleb it's still Williams. Really like, open. Like right he now. looks like he's pretty good, but I mean, he just almost lost to Kansas. So yeah, but and you have to have the stats. I feel like yeah, half a season is tough to do. This this if I could see this year happening. If you know things kind of stay status quo right now, if there's a running back who happens to just keep going off this year, like Brees Hall, Iowa State, like it could be a running back year. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that either. Yeah, you have. Uh, I saw some hype on Twitter. I don't even know who this guy is. I think it was Josh Davis. I feel like he's a defensive lineman at Georgia or something. Oh, Jordan. Uh... Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. Okay, is that number ninety nine? The abs- the absolutely massive guy. That is guy six huge. seven. I, I didn't even. I mean, obviously, like I don't know George's defensive line super well, but well, they're really. Good I just saw rumblings big. and immediately like all these past Heisman voters and then obviously Husker fans N- just N- attack Twitter and say if you're not going to give Indomitian Sue the Heisman, 
this guy doesn't even deserve to be in the conversation. And I looked at the statue, and it's nowhere. It's just not, even, not close. even close. I know we're halfway through the season, but he's not even on track to get half of Sue's stats, I don't think. What's he got? Do you have his stats right there? Uh, Jordan Davis. Yeah. He only uh, has one and a half sacks and seven tackles. Those oh, might my. not be updated, but, um, I mean, the dude is a freak. He's just massive. Yeah, he's In my football brain, massive. always tells me if a guy is just huge, I automatically assume he's really good. But, That's I fair. mean, he, he is good. They call him Godzilla. That's uh, a great nickname. Dude, and Dominican Sue's name means House of Spears. Pretty good name. That is a pretty cool name. That, yeah. But, uh, I mean, Sue had four and a half sacks in the Big 12 championship game. Multiple block field goals, interceptions. They showed they had Sue's career stats, and I think Jordan's were like better than Sue's freshman year, and that was it. Which I don't even think Sue really played his freshman year. The best was you see, uh, <laughs> I think there was a stat uh, Sue's junior year. He had two interceptions, and then you saw touchdowns, and it said two. And you said, imagine being a defensive tackle, and your two interceptions are two pick sixes. That's awesome. <laughs> That's like, insane. No one else is ever going to do that. I truly no. don't believe that. He got robbed. I, I didn't mean to go on a Sue rant, but that guy truly got robbed from the Heisman. He he stuffed the stat sheet at a position where you don't get a lot of stats. Yeah. That's true. When you're a demons of tackle, you're there to plug holes and, like, you'll get tackles, you're right? You're literally there to, like, take pressure off the linebackers so linebackers can tackle. Can come make plays. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you're never going to live that one down. No, I won't. Especially because they had two or three guys blocking them every play, and it didn't matter. Beast. But anyway, also, yeah. college football news: Texas Tech fired their head coach. Oh yeah, I saw that. Matt never Wells. gotten rid of Kingsbury. Yeah. Um, and speaking of head coaches, one thing that I really wanted to cover quickly is some of this talk about who's going to be USC's next head coach. Mm. Jeff Fisher. Jeff Maybe, Fisher, please. <laughs> I would bring him back now. James Franklin or Luke Fickle or I feel like the only thing is is I don't think Luke Fickle I think he would almost wait for another job just because I don't think USC and Luke Fickle like fit I don't yeah. think that's a match he he wants to do the Scott Frost make a powerhouse out of a, a group of five school and then take the big name job well and he played at Ohio State so but he I mean that job's not going to open up. So yeah. he's not going to be an Ohio State coach hmm. unless he coaches for a super long time unless, at Cincinnati. <laughs> unless and then, Ryan yeah. Day yeah. gets COVID or something. Or goes to the NFL. Is that even a – has anyone ever mentioned that Ryan Day maybe going to the NFL? I, I don't know if I've ever heard it, but I kind of like it. I was going to say he's the type of coach I would he think. He could be a yeah. Dolphins head coach. He could be a NFL coach. Raiders head coach. Oh No, dude. Well, we'll get into the NFL, but the interim head coach for the Raiders, he's doing so doing, well. He might doing a good job. job. Um. I actually want to go back to Texas Tech real quick. You know who immediately popped in my head for a Texas Tech job? And he might actually get a bigger offer, but this would fit so well. Butch it's, Jones. No. He's like <laughs> one in six at Arkansas yeah, State. Terrible. But Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. Oh, yeah. Texas but after Tech a tough known, loss to App State. They did have a tough loss, but I mean, they're still, he still built something yeah, out of Coastal it. Carolina. High powered offense. High powered offense. quarterback. Yeah. High powered offense. Mm. Getting kind of an underdog quarterback, and he comes in and sling. I mean, Grayson McCall is one of the better quarterbacks in college football still. He's good. I loved him last year. I was like, when I watched him towards the end of the year last year, I was thinking, this guy should get some Heisman hype. Not win it, but. Hey, give him a little invite. Let him, let him go up to New York, hang out with all the 
big big guys up there. But that just to me was the first thing that popped in my head. I could see him getting a pretty big job though. Yeah, I could see it. I don't yeah, know. Definitely. I don't know who is on maybe LSU's radar. They might want someone not more proven. Yeah, LSU might want someone more proven, but I could see that being a possibility. Um, like, would Lane Kiffin really leave? Ole I don't, Miss to go I don't think. He, I, I, don't no, think so. I think he's sticking around at Ole Miss. I think he likes where he is. I I, I just uh, yeah. I don't see a coach transferring within the same conference and the division in the conference. That doesn't make yeah, any but, sense. I mean, we've has seen, that happened before. Like recently that we would think about? Um, I feel like it has. Am I crazy? I feel like that actually has happened. I mean, I don't can know. you imagine the amount of... Well, it would be both excitement and also hatred if Lane Kiffin spends two seasons at Ole Miss and then goes to a division rival in LSU. Like, that would be nuts. Yeah. Or same with, you know, the murmurs of Jimbo Fisher, which are completely false and fraudulent. But that would be crazy. My thing is it's Lane Kiffin. So like you don't well, that's know. True. That's true. Yeah. That's However, I do believe Ole Miss is a good job for him because everyone really like he doesn't have a lot of pressure really. And he, he can, can do whatever no. he wants. He can win like he can win seven to nine games every year and just score points, and they'll be happy with that. Yeah. But yeah. Good point. And I really Ole Miss don't doesn't care really care about football. I really just don't see. I really don't see Lane Kiffin getting to an SEC championship ever at Ole Miss. But then again, yeah, no, I don't either. I was just going to say. Then Not again, when you have Jimbo Fisher. I, Saban will eventually, like, Kiffin will most likely be coaching when Saban is gone from Alabama. But they'll have someone else. And even if they go down, I just don't think Ole Miss and Kiffin, I just don't see it happening. They, Yeah, I really don't see him ever going to an SEC championship. No, but I really don't see Lane Kiffin wanting to live in Oxford, Mississippi for a long time either. So That's fair. Maybe. So. Well, and Baton Rouge isn't much of an upgrade, but, you know. He does. I think he's jealous of, this is going to sound super Homer and everything, but when he saw that at Tennessee, that checkerboard game and sold out crowd and fireworks going off and that the whole place going off. Nuts, I think... I don't think it pissed him off. I think it made him... A little regretful? No. I think it's more so like, man, I wish I could coach at a place like this. Like, mm. I think he wants yeah. to go to a big-name program where football... And like, I feel like Kiffin like could be the grass is always greener type of guy. Like yeah. he's, he's always looking for an upgrade. Well, and football means a lot to the fans that will Miss, but it, you just don't have the fan base. You don't have a big enough fan base, Mm-mm. really. It's not the same as it really is kind of like little old Ole Miss, you know. Yeah, they they never fill up their stadium, and it's only everything's really nice. Like the facilities, the stadium's super nice. Yeah. I've been inside. I really like going there, and the Grove's great. It's they've got great tradition and everything, but you just don't have the same the support same. as you mm-hmm. would at an LSU or Tennessee or Michigan, Ohio State, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah, A&M, too, honestly. Notre Dame. But, yeah, we got off on a little coach talk, but it'll be fun. To, I, I am excited to see who, you know, you got job openings at USC and LSU. They're going to get someone yeah, probably with a pretty big name. Yeah, at both, I'd imagine. I don't think either of those team, those programs are going to want to take a gamble, necessarily. So. No, not right now. No. But, uh, yeah, Trucial, uh, update us 
on our favorite blue hose. The blue hose. Let's do a quick update here. Kevin Kelly and his boys. Another rough week. They, when everything seemed to be kind of taking some steps forward, now we take one giant step backwards here. Um, San Diego killed Presbyterian 69 to 28. They only had five incompletions, three passing touchdowns. Uh, everybody ran the ball all over them. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Presbyterian had a little trouble. As always, they put up some numbers, 390 passing yards, four touchdowns, so halfway put up uh, some pretty good numbers there, but had two picks, so not great there. Went down to check the punting here, and as we love to see, not a single punt attempt right there. So good Kevin work. Kelly keeping up the good work there. Uh, so that's at least one bright spot. We get to see no more punts. But, I mean, really, this this year – Presbyterian hired Kevin Kelly to just test some things out and get ready for next year. You you just got to chalk this one off as year one. Let him get his guys in. It's going to take a second. Tank for the draft. Yeah, tank for the draft. And I, I don't even – I don't know if Presbyterian can do scholarships or I was reading something to where they can't – yeah, it's like a lot tougher for them for some reason. So I'll have to do some digging and get back on our next update. But Maybe some weird qualifications yeah. or a limit. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know how FCS scholarship limits and qualifications are for sure. Especially Presbyterian, assuming like private Christian school, right? Yeah, there's probably some requirements or something. So, yeah. Do we think that I don't know? Maybe maybe the Presbyterian football team is spending too much time in the sanctuary and not enough time in the film room. Too many too many chapel credits they have to get. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? If you're a Presbyterian Blue Hose member and you're uh, maybe a uh, donor for the team or the athletic department, you can't be mad about guys who are just going to church. You know, you may not win on the football field, but you win on God's field. Man, I'll tell you what. So I went to a private Christian college here in Nashville, and we had to get 30 chapel credits a semester, which was essentially you had to go to two a week for almost every week. Like, that's a lot. That is a lot. And it was really annoying just because... That's just an hour out of your day. Like you could be working on something else or getting done with class or anything. Doing whatever. I heard some of our buddies that went to uh, Sanford down in Birmingham, I think they only had to get like 15. So they would try to knock them all out like super quick and then they'd have the rest of the semester. Because mm. all it was too, some of it was, was good. A lot of it was just like something for the school to like get together and do like announcements essentially almost. Or and like, you guys are like, well, this could be in an email. Exactly. Yeah. Really could be. But anyway, let's move into NFL. Kind of yeah. the big. What was the Thursday night game last week? We'll get the. Uh, it was Browns Broncos. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Browns uh, were beat up. It my was boy a Case, Case Keenum. Keenum revenge game. Yeah, dude, I love Case. That Keenum. was awesome. And I mean, what was really awesome to see was third string running back Dearness Johnson absolutely kill it. He had 140 yards yeah, on the ground. Dominated. dominated. And he was a guy that was DMing um, yep. a, uh, AFL or what is it, AAF the teams. Alliance League and the yeah. XFL. He was just DMing teams trying, trying to get, to get on. And now he's uh, worked his way up and had 140 yards. So he's getting paid. And a win. So, I mean, that's, that's got to be pretty awesome. Good for him, man. I love seeing guys. I love seeing guys get paid. Like, like guys who are on the cusp. 
I don't really care about the guys he, making like he, eighty million. He's definitely but. a guy that if he can get a few more games this year, you know, maybe when Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb aren't playing or they're hurt or whatever, like this past week, you know, he does he does a couple more good things, scores a couple more touchdowns. He's definitely a guy that like the Jets or maybe the Bengals will like give him a one year, two year deal. I can you know, really the see Lions. him on the Jets. Oh yeah. So good for him. Also De Ernest is just a dope name. It really yeah, is. De Ernest. Kind of like the coldest. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. The coldest to ever do anymore. it. So I Crawford. love a guy who can rock that name. Um, another pretty interesting game. Patriots. Good Lord. Did they put a beat down on the Jets? I would just like to say if any of you listeners out there who were listening since the beginning days, I was not a fan of Mac Jones before the season started. I'm all in he on Mac looks Jones. So good. I know it was the Jets. But, but the, the Jets guy, defense is good though. The guy just makes the throws and he looks so, he his so form calm. or something. He looks perfect when he just is throwing the he's got a good throwing motion and everything. Yeah. Kind of scampers around every now and then, gets you a first down just fast enough. And he's just yeah, he's smart, throws the ball, throws a good ball. That's the thing I like most about a quarterback. Does he does he get a good tight, tight spiral, spiral, put a little yeah. zip on it, and he's got it. Yeah, they lit it up. They dominated. Dominated. And the Jets, they're in trouble, obviously, with Joe Flacco coming in town now. Who knows what's going to happen with them. Um, It was the 12th consecutive game that the Patriots have won over the Jets. Yeah, and I think it's uh, something like Belichick's now 15-0 against rookie QBs at home. Uh, Yeah, I have the stat right here. Rookie starting quarterbacks are now 6-23 against the Patriots in the Bill Belichick era, and 0-13 on the road at New England. Yep, 0-13. Yeah, and the Patriots had 14 points before the Jets even had a first down. So That's insane. Yeah, I mean, congrats to the Patriots for beating up on the team that you always beat up on. Damian Harris had a really good game. Um, Second consecutive 100-yard game. Good to see him doing well. I always liked him at Alabama. I thought he was a... Hard-nosed runner, as they like to say. Yeah. But definitely, dude, I, I, I was h- higher on Mac Jones. We'd have to go back into the archives and bring up who our rookie quarterback rankings were. Um, I was, I thought Mac Jones was going to do well, especially in an offense like the Patriots. You know, we watched Tom Brady there for so long. Yeah. And I'm not comparing the two, but they're similar type quarterbacks where they, you know, just really hang in the pocket. They make quick throws and they're not they don't have the biggest arms in the world but they make smart decisions. Yeah. And they also have similar body types. We all saw the memes of Oh yeah, they, they have the exact same body types. Mac Jones, Mac, Mac Jones, Jones a little thicker. Oh, Mac Jones is low key chunk. He's just got yeah. But no, great. Good for Mac Jones, dude. Um but it it's the Jets. So and the, well, we won't talk about the, the Titans fans. We don't have room to talk about the Jets, but you know, definitely a beatdown that they put on him this weekend. And speaking, uh, I wanted to kind of talk about another rookie here that was insane, Jamar Chase. He's got to be Offensive Rookie of the Year, right? He had 200 receiving yards. It's the most ever through seven games. I tweeted out on Sunday after that game. I Bleacher Report put out his like stat line after three quarters or something, and I quoted it and just said, remember when we were worried about if this guy could catch the ball <laughs> yeah. or not? And he's like he, one of the best receivers in the league. He totally rookie receivers. Yeah. totally like, trolled everybody. Yeah, he did. He was messing with us. Well, no, he's just a, he's a hustler. 
he Ooh, was hustling yeah. everybody. That that could be the spin here. Maybe he is just an, uh, a genius, was thinking ahead, and knew DBs were going to sleep on him. So that's how he's just been burning dudes. Yeah, he got, he got to start warfare. off. You know, none of the t- none of the number one DBs were guarding him. Uh-uh. He's like, all right, yeah, put, the, put your... Put second or third on guy on me yeah on they me. were looking at boyd and higgins i mean yeah and boyd he's on my fantasy team and he's just like, God, he's he, kind of been a disappointment really well because he was he was such a preseason fantasy guy because people weren't thinking jamar chase was going to be that good yeah and boy boyd's a captain so they thought oh boyd's gonna oh. get a lot of targets and he just doesn't i mean he's okay but and you know the crazy thing is so a lot of people and twitter like experts or whatever before the draft and after the draft when the Bengals take Jamar Chase in the first round they were saying oh man this is a dumb decision like the Bengals need help on the offensive line they should have taken Panay Sewell Jamar Chase didn't play last year he'll be rusty he's not good but we all kind of forgot that in 2019 on the LSU national championship team Jamar Chase was the best receiver on the team and then you know he still has some more time left. He sits out COVID year. Justin Jefferson plays a year, yeah. a season last year, and he's really great. He has one of the best rookie seasons of a wide receiver ever. But in college, Jamar Chase was the guy on that incredible team. So we all kind of got tricked into thinking that he wasn't going to be good, and but here we are. Talk about some talent, receiving talent on one team. To oh, have yeah. those two guys. Then yeah, Randy crazy. Moss's son at tight end. Thaddeus. Insane. But, I mean, but not to overshadow Jamar Chase, but the Bengals are the number one team in the AFC right now. They absolutely put a beat down on the yeah, Ravens. Yeah, they have a tiebreaker over the Titans right now, don't they? They do. My guy's They're five and two. Yep. My guy's Zach Taylor, former Husker quarterback, head coach for the Bengals, there getting turned go. around there. He's sharp. He's sharp. Joe yeah. Burrow went off. I don't know, Nick, you can look up his stats, but he had he, a I think he game. threw for like 456 or yeah, something. I love Joe Burrow, man. Yeah, 416 awesome. and three okay. touchdowns. So 400 yards, three touchdowns, you can't really ask for much more out of your quarterback. He's now. the only guy ever to throw for 400-plus yards and three touchdowns in Baltimore. Wow. Against the Ravens. Yeah, because, wow. yeah, I mean, that defense is always good. Yeah, and it, that's, that's a good point. The Bengals – Take it to the Ravens on the road. Like this is a huge and the Ra- that's a five and one team. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. A lot of people were thinking team. they were one of the best teams in the league. I mean, they still they, well, they, they still, still are. Yeah, but the Bengals. There's a lot of good teams in the NFL this year. Uh, you do. Uh, Swaff texted us on Sunday and was talking about how there's eight or nine teams right now that have a legit shot at winning the Super Bowl, and I totally agree. Yeah. Like, I love the parody Ra- this season. I mean, I don't want I don't really want to say Bengals, but they prove they can beat the Ravens, but I mean, besides like Ravens have a shot, Cardinals have a shot, Packers have a shot, Titans, Bucks, Bills, Bills Rams even. Uh yeah. I don't know, there's probably someone I'm forgetting, but even all those I just named, I mean, they all have legit shots at Cowboys. winning the Super Bowl. And yeah. I I hope the Bengals make a little run because I saw an interesting stat this weekend on Twitter. No one has ever texted about a Bengals playoff win before. Yeah. The first they, text message yeah. was sent in 1993, and the last Bengals playoff win was in 1992. So Damn. no one has ever texted their friend saying, hey, did you see that Bengals playoff win yesterday or last night? That was awesome. Wow. That's Not, so sad. That Rocking. is so sad. So, same, same for the Lions. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the Lions are right there. But the, Wait, the Lions really? are uh, don't have a chance. Have the Lions year, never won a playoff game? Nope. 
no, no, I, I think, no, I don't think they've they. I think they've won one, but they, yeah, haven't, they, they haven't won a Super They Bowl. haven't made the playoffs. I think since like 1962 or something. I don't really? know if it goes back that I, far. What about Barry, when I Barry remember, Sanders was there? They, they, I remember last year when the playoffs were happening. Somebody was tweeting out a bunch of stuff about how the Lions are so bad and like they hadn't made the playoffs in forever. I guess so. I may be totally on, well. They made the playoffs in 2016. Oh well. But last playoff win—that's yeah. a different. Maybe case. it's playoff win. Excuse me. Okay. 1992. Oh. So right. no, hey, no one's texted about it though. You're I right just about made that. Yeah. Up. Sorry, but yeah, yeah that's okay. No, Still they 40, uh, 30 years. Yeah, but also to go back to the- so they since their 1957 championship, the team only has one single playoff game win in 1992. There you go. Well, there you go. Yeah, they have one in 70 years. Yeah. Yeah. Which in 52, that was before the... Merger. Yeah, before the merger. Before the NFL and AFL yeah, came so together. Yeah, so 57 championship. Damn. Man. Yeah. Tough, tough for Lions fans. But to go back to the Bengals game, I don't think we can talk about this game without mentioning that it was National Tight End Day yes, yesterday, and CJ Uzama had two touchdowns. Bombs, Absolutely too. feasted, yeah. Yeah, absolute like. bombs. I saw something cool. So the Bengals, if... They have a thing on their offense. If you catch the ball or run the ball and the last guy on the defense tackles you, you have to do 15 push-ups in front of the entire offense. So C.J. Uzama had two big catches and runs, and he didn't let the last guy tackle him because he wanted to uh, not do push-ups. So pretty cool. Hey, I mean, there you go. He uh, saved the boys from not doing push-ups. So that's pretty uh, pretty sweet. Um. One kind of sad game was the Dolphins coming all the way back and then just losing, of course, last second to the Falcons. I really thought the Falcons were going to throw the skate. Yeah, Falcon Falcon their way out of it. it, Kyle Pitts had a sick catch. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Did a little Marquez North catch, actually. Matt Ryan drove him down the field when they needed to, and they kicked the young way coup with the game-winning field goal. Pretty epic. He ran off going nuts, going crazy. It was good to see Young Way uh, smiling uh, out there. Someone tweeted out uh, there there was a team that had interest in Young Way Koo, like was thinking about trading for him or something. And a Falcons fan responded and was like, "All right, we want three players in a first round pick, though, because <laughs> that's like he is so good." Yeah, I mean he's, he's just automatic. And I, yeah, he is. He's and he's coming clutch for them. I feel like a pretty good amount, but. And we've talked about this before. I don't think we're big Tua fans on this podcast. Absolutely not. That guy stinks. He had a pretty good game, I think. Yeah. He at least I was just watching highlights. Like I was watching Red Zone, so obviously it's all highlights. But he's looking pretty good. Like what was his stat line? He had four touchdowns. Yeah. Two ninety one, four touchdowns. He did have two picks. Oh, uh, okay. Still so. stinks. But thirty two for forty, only eight incompletions. Dang, only six balls hit the ground. Yeah, but that's against the Falcons, though. No, I know. I was just saying. I mean, I mean, he was making good throws, though. Yeah, but no, I'm not a big Tua fan. I didn't know he back to back picks. pretty that good ch- weeks from Tua. Yeah, that changes things a little. Well, bit, I mean, rumors are that the Dolphins are. We don't have to get into the whole thing. Dolphins yeah. are maybe going to try and sign. Deshaun yeah, by Watson the end of the, the trade by the end of the trade deadline, and then send, should happen from what I've heard, and maybe send Tua to the Washington Football Team. That's just the murmurs I've seen on the internet. I think that would make both teams happy. Mm-hmm. Although I like Heineke, I kind of do too. He's like know. he's Honestly, just a, he's a downgraded version of Tannehill. Yeah, I feel like he's like a diet Fitzpatrick. No, 
He's, I don't agree. I don't, well, I just don't see... I'm trying to think of whose play style he reminds me of, and I can't think of it. He really reminds me, actually, of a poor man's Drew Brees. Just the way he plays. Yeah. And I feel like a he's bit. a little bit more mobile than Drew Brees. Well, maybe I'm kind of just thinking of recent Drew Brees, but... Yeah, that's... Well, I'm... Yeah. He's like a junior varsity Aaron Rodgers. Or maybe like a freshman, freshman Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. But is know, that... Would, I think that would be a QB battle. I don't think Tua would necessarily hold that starting spot. Oh, Heineken's no, pretty good. Not. I don't no. even know if Tua would win that job. I don't know. It'd man. be a tough one to win. I don't know. I don't know. They both kind of stink. Heineke's just gritty, though. But speaking of stink, the Carolina Panthers faked us all out, just like Jamar Chase, and they won, I think, their first three games. Yep. And everyone's like, wow, the Panthers are great. Sam Darnold finally... Got out of the wing of Adam, out from under the wing of Adam Gase and the New York Jets, and he's good. And then they have been terrible so far. They lost to the Giants, twenty-five to three. That game was ugly too. Starting off, like they got twenty-five points, but it was like kind of they got it at the end a little bit. Like that game was five to three for a good bit. I feel like. Oh yeah. It was it was a nasty I mean, game. The Panthers did lose McCaffrey, but. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Darnold, you can't. You like, gotta, yeah, you got to be better still. It's been rough. It's been rough. And I, I feel like the Panthers are wasting such a good defense right now, too. Because the that Panthers defense has been nasty all season. Yeah, and then you stout. see a game that, I mean, it's held at 5-3 for so long, but the offense can literally do nothing. So if the defense is out there all night, uh, they're going to get tired. It's going to be tough, and they kind of eventually just cracked a little bit and have gotten no help from the offense. So hopefully Darnold can turn something around, start playing a little bit better. Maybe when McCaffrey comes back, we'll see that happen. But for right now, I don't have too much hope in the Panthers. Yeah. Any other games really now, jump out to you? All or, in all, yeah. I'm just looking at the rundown of these games. All in all, this was kind of a bad weekend for the NFL. Were there a lot of beatdowns, I feel like? There were, there were a lot of – maybe not a lot of beatdowns, but there was – there was just a lot of like games that weren't close at all. None of them were close. Like, like they might, the score might have not been that bad, but it was never really yeah. in question. I mean, like the Raiders beat the Eagles. That wasn't really. There was really never a doubt. The Buccaneers just absolutely destroyed the Bears, thirty-eight to three. Justin Fields. My prediction still stands. That guy stinks, and Tom Brady just went off. The, they act, going the Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually they broke their own record from last season scoring uh, 35 points in one half of football where last year they had scored 34 in a one half of a game so Buccaneers g- good job breaking your own stats in their organization well and it looks like the Saints and Seahawks play tonight and I think that game actually finished up we watched yeah. some of that and that was just kind of an ugly game as oh, yeah. well but going back to that Buccaneers game, so Tom Brady throws his 600th touchdown pass to Mike yep. Evans. Oh, yeah. And Mike the Evans, fan. literally, after every touchdown pe- or catch, he takes the ball to a fan. And he did it again, I guess not realizing that, hey, this 600 touchdown pass is pretty important because it's the most in history by any quarterback, and you give the ball away to a random fan in the stands. And Brady... Brady even said in his press conference, he was like, you know, I really don't keep a lot of that stuff. Like, he doesn't really care. But he was like, ah, that one that one might be cool to have. Because he's the first guy to ever do it. Yeah. 600. 
But someone on SportsCenter, after he said that, was like, yeah, he doesn't keep that, but he keeps seven rings. Like, I don't <laughs> think he is that worried about a football, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, that's 600 touchdown pass has got to be that's pretty cool. That's pretty to have. cool. Especially because if you're a fan and you get that, uh, someone would pay a lot of money to have oh, Tom Brady's 600 oh, yeah. touchdown pass. Absolutely. And the, and the thing is, the fan who had the ball, some equipment manager for the Buccaneers goes over to him and he just, like, is talking to him and he gives it right back to him. If I were that they fan worked with out the a ball, deal, I would, I would hold on to that thing and ask for ransom money. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, gave, he I gave it up too early. Even he gave it up too early. They, Brady was talking about it on the Manning cast tonight. How like he saying he should have bargained a little bit harder because oh, yeah. he did give him like there was some stuff that he got and it was. I think a Brady good gave deal. him some stuff and then they gave him like a helmet or something and then they gave him a thousand dollar gift card to the gift shop. Yeah, I'm like, bro, not even bro, cash. This he isn't got even store credit. Yeah, no, I would have been like, no, bro, give me ten grand right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're Tom Brady. You got money. Come and, on. And Super Bowl tickets. Like. Yeah. I want yeah, I want fifty yard line Super Bowl tickets and ten grand cash. And, and he one can night make that happen. Giselle. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. At the 50-yard line of the Tampa Bay Stadium. I want to kiss your son. <laughs> yeah. I want to drive the pirate ship. That guy should have asked for a lot more. Yeah. Silly move on his part to just give it up that easily. No, yeah. I think have he fun just, with your gift card. That equipment manager, you could tell, was like trying to kind of instigate some power. And I'm like, bro, no, get Brady over here. If he wants it, he can yeah. come get it. Like. <laughs> That was that was awesome though. He did. Uh, then Brady gave. Did you see that kid who held up the sign that said "Tom Brady, help me beat cancer"? Yeah. Then touching Brady moment. gave him his hat, and the kid started. Coming. Oh yeah, I did. Very see touching that. moment. That was. Yeah. Brady keeps Brady keeps winning me over more and more as the years go on. Like he won me I over like the, the one time I saw. This was years ago. I saw a video of him. It was like a mic'd up thing that NFL Network was doing with him, and it was just him, like, going absolutely insane. Like, before the game, like, banging his head into other dudes, like, just going crazy. And yeah, I was like, yeah, maniac. this guy's awesome. <laughs> I was like, this guy wants to win more than anyone. Oh, yeah, he does. He's a freak. And to be doing this at 43 years old, he's leading the league in passing. Like, he's – we've talked about Derrick Henry MVP type stuff, but Tom Brady is probably the front runner for MVP right now. He's crazy. He's found the fountain of youth. Or he, like, is getting stem cell shots in South America that are just prolonging his athletic abilities. I don't I've, understand. I finally saw some I saw some gray hairs just in his oh. whiskers. So I was like, okay, he is aging. Yeah, it's official. It is possible. Because I didn't see it forever. Because, yeah, he looks better. Like, he's in way better shape than he's he was like, at the beginning of his career. He's, like, hotter than he used to be, and he's 43. Part of it's the tanness going down to you Tampa, it, you know. Yeah, he might be a little Got a good tan. haircut, you know. He's, he's got, gotten, like, his jawline has been chiseled. Just, yeah, like, gotten he's more ripped. chiseled over the years. He went from being kind of, like, chubby at the beginning now? of his career. Uh, I mean, I don't know, like, what he looks like with his shirt off, but you can right. tell, like, he's lost a lot of fit. He's lost a lot of fat in his face. I guess so. Hey, well, hey, we know his money will diet is crazy and his workout schedule is crazy. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't really, like, what do he you think? He hasn't eaten a strawberry in, like, seven years or something weird. What do you think he really does for, like, workouts, though? I feel like oh. he doesn't lift a oh, lot. Oh, I, I bet I know what he does. 
He's a big time like bands guy. Yeah, he's yeah, always he's, on the because he's got to be mobility. Yeah, yeah, he's got to be mobility. Like he's quarterback, always, you don't need to be like, or at least the way their offense is and how they're playing. He doesn't need to absolutely rocket it. I mean, out he's of still the arena. like a well, and he's, he's still, still fairly like he's still yeah. a fairly big guy. I'm talking about like just getting like taking hits. Like he's big enough yeah. to take a hit. Essentially, that's all you're he's really also worried got about. Like seventeen layers of protection on. He's got a rib no, yeah. pad and the knee braces and giant shoulder pads. Hey, but there's no. a reason he's playing this long. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely a resistance band guy. I think and, so, oh, too. And, and some kettlebells, probably. Maybe like a 15-kilogram kettlebell is about how heavy he goes. Yeah, especially in season. I mean, guys don't work out super hard anyway. I was listening to Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee's show, and they were asking him like what he did that week or something. And he goes, yeah, Monday was a workout day, so he went in. Did some squats, and then I went to the sauna. I was like, okay, so like that's it. Like he just yeah. goes to the squat rack and like probably does like four sets of ten, and then like gets out of there. Yeah, I was like, you're literally just kind of trying to keep some muscle on, or like I don't, I don't even know. Because when you're a quarterback, yeah, you don't, you don't want to be jacked. You don't because it'll mess that yeah, up. But you, you have no true reason to be like physically empowering. Yeah, you like, don't you're need either to be a, like an offensive lineman where you need to go up and hit the crap out of somebody or a whatever like you just need to be able to stand in there be, be flexible be have be smart be durable i mean it's just kind of different different needs as a quarterback when you're in the weight room than at, at that point in your all life other positions at that point in your life too you kind of just are what you are like you're either cam newton or your drew Brees. yeah you had drew like Brees, who's still kind of ripped though. glass guns, guns. Well, yeah, but he had some muscle. He had some guns, dude. He looked frail last season. I well, think. yeah, yeah. He had at the like, end, he of, could, I'm talking about like in your prime, like the ball. when you no, get Drew into Reeves the league was, or in your prime, like you're yeah. either Cam Newton or you're freaking I don't know who's like a tall, skinny quarterback. Mike Glennon. Yeah, Mike Glennon. Yeah, great call out. Yeah, you are what you are. But speaking of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, did you guys see um, their uniforms this weekend? The throwbacks. Yeah, I thought I kind of liked them actually. I thought they were. Oh, really they were cool. fine. I wasn't like I wasn't a big fan, but I mean, I wasn't like a hater. I thought their traditional uniforms yeah. were better. Indifferent. Well, I guess those are traditional. Technically you know I mean. traditional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, since all the other NFL games sucked, I guess we can get into the most exciting game of the weekend for all three of us: Tennessee Titans. Take down the Chiefs at home, twenty-seven to three. Never in doubt. Absolute beatdown. Absolute beatdown. The pass rush had Mahomes oh my running, no clue what was going on, and then Jeffrey Simmons with the flying knee to the head oh, yeah, of Mahomes awesome. at the end of the game to absolutely knock him out. I mean, he was lim- like, obviously, I don't want to see a guy get hurt. No. But when I saw Mahomes like yeah, limping off the field, he didn't know where he was. Yeah, and like I didn't hope he had a head injury. I just, you know, sometimes you see a quarterback who gets like just pounded in the yeah. dirt and he's like limping off. And it's and kind of a like, little funny. Yeah, you're, no, it's, it's not even funny. It's just like, man, our defense really got after him today. Yeah, like, and they did. I mean, three points. They hadn't. He's never not scored a touchdown yeah. in his career at uh, Kansas City, or the team never has not scored a touchdown mm-hmm. in his career. To tell you how crazy this game was. Derrick Henry had more touchdown passes than Patrick Mahomes in that game. Exactly. Incredible. I love that play. I love when Derrick comes out in the Wildcat. I don't even care if oh, we throw it or did not. Did you notice how but, like Tannehill's on the side wide open there and was, then we had a receiver yeah. on the left side of the end zone wide open too? Like yeah. there's I hope there's mo- I hope that's designed like those guys are actual options. Derrick Henry actually made a bad read and threw it to a guy who to was to the only guy who was kind of covered. Yeah. yeah. 
But that's probably that's his easiest, first. That's it's probably his the first, easiest, first. Yeah, it's the easiest throw too. Yeah. So it's like I so if it's open at all. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean AJ Brown did good after he AJ lost Brown's like so eight back. pounds from food poisoning yeah. or whatever. Yeah. We're we're canceling Chipotle on this podcast. Yeah. Unless they sponsor us. Ooh, good call. So Chipotle. I think there's some Chipotle napkins we, right guys, there. Actually, you know, it's probably the safest time to eat Chipotle in the Nashville area. I bet yeah, all the managers in the area. Yeah, are saying, they reached hey, out better. to AJ. You know that was a bad look for him because it, it was all over the media too with players yeah. joking about it. So, but yeah, Chipotle sponsor. Uh, Titans, stark, stark difference from last year where they could not get any sort of pass rush at all. And this year, we're sending four guys and getting all kinds of pressure. I mean, Dupree, I mean, Dupree had a sack and it looks like he's yeah. finally kind of gotten Landry, to where we wanted him. Dude, Autry. But I was going to say, Autry, best like off-season move we oh, made. Oh, dude, he... That dude is so good. And he, he has just, been him so and, good. Him, him and Simmons, Jeff. dude, I mean... That when you have two we have a nasty D line again. Like no, yeah. I'm so excited. Well, when you have two defensive tackles like that, that can get back, they can get back and like get some sacks. That's awesome, man. Because that so just brings good. a whole another dynamic to the pass rush. That it doesn't just need to come off the edge. That we got guys who can bull rush right up the middle and create all that pressure and get after the corner. When you got, I mean, Harold's got a few sacks, but then you got a guy like Ola, like kind yeah. of backing up. That's a really good pass rusher too. Harold's actually, I think he's top five in the league in sacks. Uh, I was, I think I was he's wondering tied that. For, he might be tied for first. After this week, he, I mean, he had one this week. I think he might be. Yeah, he's up there for yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, all his stats had, are up there. And it's a contract year for him, so good yeah. Good on Harold Landry. Yeah, I, I've always, I liked Harold. He's always been a guy him. that could get pressure, but he just never really got home a lot. It's because we didn't have his, anybody uh, else. Yeah. Well, what was it, his rookie year or second year? He was like had like a lot of sacks, though. Uh, yeah, I think so. When he had Derek Morgan across from him, yeah, probably. But no, it, it's so awesome to see the Titans, who just had a terrible defense last year, couldn't stop anybody. No pressures. The th- every teams would convert almost every third down. It seemed third like third down year. was so frustrating. And to to play a team like the Chiefs, who have been a the highest caliber team in the AFC for the past two, three, four years, and hold them to no touchdowns. With a defense that is just obliterated by injuries is, oh my gosh, it was so satisfying. Well, and seeing, I mean, Tannehill in the first half threw for over 200 yards, threw a dot to eight, that one ball oh, to AJ. Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, oh, the one the, on the sideline? Yeah. 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 The dude, like, we've said it before, but he can make all the throws, and he does. Like, it, we, you see him, that's a tough throw. I mean, guys are right. It, he does it when yeah. guys are right on his receivers, too. Yeah. AJ said it. Just he, drops it right in the basket. A, yeah, AJ said that. He said, t- I mean, Ryan dropped it in a bucket for me. Like, I didn't really have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Just hold my hands out. Gosh. He's, I mean, and, and it, when. And to the, do it with backup offensive linemen. Well, and to do it when the whole defense is keying on Derek and it's like, okay, we're going to pass. Like, you got to. Yeah. And we got to score. We and we this. scored 27 in the first half. Yeah, yeah, and then I mean, just kind of called the we dogs off. We kind of just off. like, yeah, we second half. The I, defense was balling so hard, and we just kind of had some dumb stuff happen second half. Yeah, I kind of wish we would have. I mean, like put we, up we like did, thirty-five. We did step on their throat, but I kind of wish we would have kept the foot on the gas a little on offense in the second half. But no, I mean, yeah, no, no complaints. Problem, really. Yeah, a super well coached game by Vrabel, uh, Downing, and Bowen. A lot of people were talking about Downing uh, with the play calling. Yeah, he did a great job. But, man, Bowen, I was listening to all of his press conferences this past week. 
And everything he talked about them wanting to do or what they needed to do as far as Mahomes or just the Chiefs offense in general goes, that defense did it and yeah. totally stopped them. I mean, there were coverage sacks in that game too. Oh, a lot. Well, we no, only well, blitzed 2% of the time. I've got, I've got stat for you. The Titans generated pressure without even blitzing as they only blitzed Patrick Mahomes one time on 39 dropbacks. Yeah. Only one blitz on 39 dropbacks and we still got like it was all four coverage or five sacks. sacks. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, so awesome when you're able to do get that pressure from four, three, four guys, and then you can get a coverage sack like that. It's, yeah, it's and Dan Crookshank, you know, he did a great job covering Travis Kelsey. He was jamming him at the line and like wouldn't let him get a free re- release, and that was a big help. We, we also still had like DBs out too, like a guy like oh, yeah. a guy like Matias Farley had a big game with that forced fumble at yeah. the end, and then I think he had a, he had another big well, play reco- earlier in the oh, game. Oh yeah, yeah, he forced it at the end. Yeah. he recovered the Kevin Byard fumble on Mahomes. Right, right. Yeah, and then hey, I will say Rashawn Evans had a good game again. He, finally, yeah, he had a pit, he had that yeah tip from David Long, right? Tip drill. Yeah, yeah. yeah he I felt like I saw him. It. I felt like I saw him just kind of all over the field too. Yeah, Rashawn Evans had a bounce back game, but David Long continues David to Long impress. David Long making fun of Travis Kelsey. Yeah, was that was awesome. awesome. Was Just mocking him because Kelsey, Kelsey was mad. got so mad. He after was that. so mad. We were like grabbing on him or something. I yeah, don't but know. It was like it, it, they replayed it, and he was definitely just frustrated. Yeah, he was frustrated. There was no penalty that needed to be called. I mean, huge the, exaggeration on his. There's part. no yeah. There's no reason for the refs not to call like defensive holding. Like we've been called for demons folding plenty of times. Yeah, the Titans. I mean, Derrick Henry. I think had finished with eighty six yards this game, not breaking a hundred yards. You know, it's not really typical of Derrick Henry, but this just shows you what all of us fans were excited about in the offseason and what the Titans really can do on offense when they they keep AJ Brown, they have Derrick Henry already, and then they re- they sign Julio Jones in the offseason. This is what the offense can do. Oh, the Kansas City Chiefs plan their whole defense around, okay, we're going to stop Derrick Henry. He's not going to run on us. All right, well, you know who we're going to throw it to? A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. We beat you that way. It's so awesome to like have Your pretty plan much the, B. Off- yeah, the offense is intact now. We can beat you with Derrick Henry or we'll beat you throwing the ball. Yeah, the fact you can't stop both. You can't. Someone in our group message this weekend said, "When your plan B is literally AJ Brown and Julio Jones, yeah. you got a pretty good offense." Yeah, you've got a pretty good offense. And I will say, Julio, I definitely expected more out of him. Well, I think he's still. We he's still have not time, and he, yeah, he might not be a hundred percent, but he made some plays this week. Yeah. so that was good. Yeah, he made he made several good catches. Yeah. So when I mean when when we need him, he's there. I think so, and I think when those two are. Fully healthy. I mean, AJ is not fully healthy. I think no, he only played. Not. He only played sixty percent of the snaps. Load management. So, yeah. I mean, when do and we? Josh have, Reynolds had a first down. Congratulations to Josh Reynolds. Do we have like a bye week coming up soon or anything? What does it say? Okay. I don't think so. I uh, think it's in thirteen. November. Yeah, week thirteen. So we got a couple. Week. We got two games. Yeah, the schedule doesn't. No, we up. got uh, no, oh, Colts, Rams, Saints, Texans, Patriots. So we have five oh, games till our bye. I'm yeah, week really, 13 is a late buy. Yeah, I'm not really worried about the Saints, Texans, or the Patriots. But the Titans really have to show up this next week against the Colts. If we beat the Colts this week, we literally control the division. Like, yeah, it's have a straight in our hold pocket. on the division. Yeah. So, and the Colts haven't looked bad here recently. No, Wentz so. looked a lot better. Wentz had that, the probably the worst interception I've ever it seen. It was actually ruled a fumble. 
Well. Yeah, it was changed to a fumble. Still gross. Yeah, it was terrible. But, but still, the Titans, like, they need to come out and play their asses off against the Colts because you got to win this game if you really want to take control of the division. I think you can very easily, like, honestly, man, 15 if you and even just 15 go. 15 and 2? I was well. I'm no, but I'm gonna say if you just go three and two over that next five game stretch, what are you eight and four? Then you got Jags, Steelers, Niners, Dolphins, Dolphins and Texans. Those are all games that like you should win. We have the yeah. third easiest like, schedule after uh, the Rams game. Right. Yeah, that's in what I was saying. Half of all season. those games. I mean, and you could go better than three and two. I mean, in that stretch. I mean, another like what did we go last year? Actually, twelve and four. 11 and 5. Okay. You should definitely in my opinion win 12 or 13. Really, yeah. I'm thinking like more like 13. Like Agreed. a 13 and 4. That's a, I mean, that's asking a lot though, I know. But the division gosh, if you don't win the division, barring some we kind shouldn't of lose crazy, a division game honestly this no, year. Barring some kind of crazy injury. Okay. Like I mean, this Titans have this division locked up. You're really in the hunt for the top seed. You are. Which would be awesome. Yeah. Getting a bye week, that's something to kind of look forward something to and we be haven't thinking had in a about. Long time. A bye week and a night game, a divisional night game in the Rock. Can that you imagine? Be, that would be awesome. We haven't had one of those since we lost the Ravens in 08. Pain. Gosh, I would love to get a bye week. That's all I'm going to think about now. That's, yeah. I, I, I never cared about that until this moment when I just looked at our entire schedule. Yeah, it's never a chance. About it. Yeah, you have a real chance. Yeah, but we can't we can't get too ahead of ourselves. No, no, no. Also, interesting stat: the Titans are undefeated this season when they have a play action usage of greater than thirty one percent of their plays. So, if you go play action, that's throws, key to winning the play action. At least a third of the time, you will win. And nice. it helps when you have your receivers healthy, of course. But I thought that was cool. Yeah, I'm very excited for this for the rest of the season. Yeah, as the and, Titans move on. And it was also like, Titans are riding high. It's a short week. You beat Buffalo on Monday night, and short week play Sunday in yeah. Kansas City. So hopefully this week they can get rested up and and really stomp down the division. Right, and, and the Chiefs are still the Chiefs to me. Like, I know they're 3-4 and four now after losing to us. The Chiefs are still, they still got Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Kill and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't care what the record is. Andy Reed. And Andy Reid. I think, I mean, I can still see the Chiefs figuring it out and, Winning eleven games or something playoff, that won't surprise me at all. They're team. still a playoff team, and they're still going to be really dangerous when they get there. No, I don't think anyone's going to think really anything different of them mm-hmm. when the playoffs come around. But yeah, no, hopefully they can tighten tighten it up. Any games? We don't we don't have to uh, preview all the games for this upcoming week. But let's see. I mean, yeah. t- like we just said, Titans got the Colts. We'll kind of see how that goes. Colts. Carson Wentz isn't that good. He threw for like hundred and fifty yards. Carson I know it was, it was raining. Too. It was pouring. Yeah, but still. He's okay. We, I mean, I think the Titans have a good run defense. I think. I don't really know the stats to back me up, but just in my brain I think that. So we stopped Jonathan Taylor, and, you know, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. The big game that we were t- kind of talking about earlier, uh, Cardinals-Packers. Thursday night, right? Yeah, Thursday, Thursday night. night. I'd have to do awesome. a uh, Club Beans uh, showing. Oh, yeah. I, I will be in – Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, that's right. Dang. So maybe we'll uh, do one without you, but, but do it. Bad for me in fantasy, and also bad for the Packers. Devonte Adams is on the COVID. Oh, list I saw and that not list. Playing. But he is vaccinated, so if he's wait, oh, it's for sure he's not playing. Well, 
I don't know. I don't know if because if he get he has to get a negative test within twenty mm-hmm. or two negative something. tests, something like that, in twenty four hours because he's vaccinated. So it's a little bit easier for him to come back, but I'd imagine unlikely to. You can't just get rid of COVID in like one or two days. I don't think can you? Yeah, it, ta- it takes know. a few days. Who knows? Ask Maybe Fauci. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't care. Um, but well, yeah, okay. He said, "Okay, here's the article. Adams will need two negative tests." At least twenty four hours apart in order to play, so maybe it could okay. happen. It could happen. I don't know. Like, maybe take some. He's got a week. Like, I don't know. But it's I don't know how it's long the it Thursday to... night game, though. Oh right, right. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. So we'll see. I mean, but assuming he doesn't play, the Cardinals maybe go seven and zero here, or are they already seven? Already seven. Oh, so eight and zero. Eight and zero. Um, but I mean, the rest of the board. Doesn't look too great. I mean, Buccaneers, Saints, if you think the Saints are actually any good. Eagles, Lions, Rams, Texans, Steelers, Browns. A lot of crappy games this Patriots, weekend. Patriots, Chargers will be cool. Yeah. Two young quarterbacks. Hopefully, the, I think the Patriots might have been, they might have turned a corner here. Like, I feel like their offense, especially in that Dallas game when they almost came all the way back, like Mac Jones and that offense just seems to get more and more comfortable. So. Maybe as the season goes on, they become closer and closer to a playoff team. This is going to be a big one uh, against the Chargers. If they steal a win here, this is all the momentum they need to uh, go and try and steal that division from Buffalo. Who do the do the Vikings play? It looks like the Vikings play, play the, the Cowboys. Cowboys. That will Cowboys be... are going to beat them. Yeah. I was but thinking, this could be a game where the Vikings stay close and then miss a field goal to lose. Well, I was going to say, my fantasy quarterbacks are Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins, so mm. I was maybe going to put in Kirk, but I don't think I will. The Cowboys have a good defense, especially passing. Yeah. Well, and Trayvon, Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs, Diggs will, will pick, pick you off. He will pick him off. Yeah. He will pick him off. Stats show, he gets an interception. Yeah, so. I mean, the stats show, he gets a pick. He gets an interception in 100% of the games. Yeah. So, Boys... The Lions might get their first win this week. Ah, they could beat the Eagles. I mean, they almost did it last week until they do it. I mean, I really want them to. I really was hoping they would do it last week. Yeah. Yeah, we'll they see. gave the Rams a run for their money. Oh, yeah. Well, no. And they've given a lot of they teams. Gave they gave the Ravens a run <laughs> yeah, for their money. Yeah, the Ravens like, had to kick a history-making field goal to, yeah. to beat them. I want the Lions to win so bad. Yeah. Any uh, any college games y'all are excited about? I know Georgia, Florida. I know Georgia looks like they're probably a lot better, but that game still excites me because it's. A, I mean, it's a rivalry game. They'll play it in Jacksonville or whatever. Michigan, Michigan State, right. and then Ole Miss, Auburn are really the only other two big games that I had any interest in. Kind of a down week. Tennessee, I don't think is playing, and then Texas A and M's on. And I'm not playing after an absolute beatdown of South Carolina. I didn't talk about Texas A and M college football, but real quick, um, an interesting stat. So through three quarters of the A&M South Carolina game, the Texas A&M defense held South Carolina to 15 total yards on offense. That is the most, like the least amount of yards that a team has had in like three quarters in history. That is insane. Yeah. So congrats A&M, but bye week coming up. Yeah. And one, I guess, kind of game I was overlooking a little bit here: Penn State Ohio State. Oh. This is a big game. Yeah, for don't Ohio yeah, State. don't count out Penn State just because. Yeah, of I was kind of just so. counting them out, and I mean, this could be a game. Hmm. hmm. Penn State money line could be a interesting pick here. After a tough loss to Illinois, everyone's going to be down on them. This is kind of a trap game for Ohio State. Dare I say it? 
I don't know if it's a trap game, just because I think they'll be very focused on Penn State. I don't know. I think you can easily like they might they it. might lose, but I'm just saying like I don't think they're taking Penn State for granted. If James Franklin wins this game, he's immediately hopping on a private jet to Southern California. See, do you think so? I, I just why don't, would you why leave? Would you, is yeah. that a better? That's not a better job. You know, unless James you just, Franklin wants clout, though. Unless you want to, li- yeah, maybe. Unless you want to live in L.A. or like you said, yeah. Unless you just want to boost your ego a little bit. To me, Penn State is a better job. Yeah, Penn State. You probably have more money invested in the football program than yeah. USC. Well, people yeah. care about it too. Yeah. USC, no one's even like going to the games, Mm-mm. and especially with their, um, you know, criminal history, you you'd probably want to stay at Penn State. Yeah, I don't know if I... <laughs> I yeah, I don't know about that one. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, the, besides the point, Penn State might get a win against Ohio State here. Oh, I was going to say, I think Michigan will beat Michigan State, in case that was I anyone was wondering about Apparently that. Apparently, Michigan State's good. I haven't watched them, but... Yeah, they're they're number eight in the... I really don't know. Number eight in the nation. I think Michigan's offense is better than Michigan State's. Defense. They both have... No, no, no. I think Michigan's offense is better than Michigan State's defense. Uh, damn it. <laughs> I think Michigan's offense is better than Michigan, Michigan State's, State's offense. That's really so all it Michigan comes down to yeah. for me. More points. Right. I think both of their defenses are really good. Michigan's might be. I think Michigan's just a better team. This is a great color matchup. You think so? I think so. It, it, depending on what combos they wear, but it could be a great matchup. Uh, the uniform article, you'll see Michigan State's on there. They have a really, really clean, icy white uniform. So if they wear that and Michigan wears their blue, it'll be good. Please they came out, actually, yeah, I remember I talked to you about a Michigan State uniform earlier in the year that I actually thought looked really good. It's a weird, you wouldn't think it would look good, but it, like those that color scheme, but it, yeah. it kind of works. Forest green and white, but yeah. it works. <laughs> it works. It plays. All right, Trucial, do you have any picks you want to go ahead and give? I'm looking right now. I'm still... Let it be known. I didn't give any picks last week, so I'm still ten and nine for our listeners. So it let is, me it is known. see if I can find you another Yeah, I went one and one this past week. Clemson, like I said, almost got the backdoor cover, but we just fell a little short there. Damn. Patriots never in doubt. Um I mean this Penn State Ohio State game I'm definitely looking at. It's uh um, that's severely a, that's a big spread. Severely interested. Wait, did you see the spread on the Penn State Ohio State game? Eighteen and a half. Yeah, I'm taking that's it right there. Eighteen and a half. Bucket. You're taking Penn State. Yeah, plus eighteen and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can cover that. Yep. Mm. Lock that in. I think I want to do. Gosh, I don't know. Do I want to? I'm looking at the Notre Dame North Carolina game. Notre Dame's favored by three and a half. I gotta I gotta look at UNC real quick though. I, I want to go Notre Dame because I just I mean UNC lost to Florida State. They're not they're they are like right the now. biggest disappointment of anyone this year. I think probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest. Yeah, they just I beat mean, Miami by three. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go Notre Dame. I think minus three and a half. Even though they don't really know who their quarterback's gonna be. They I have still a good feel, running back. I like that number 23. Yeah, I'm going to go Notre Dame minus three and a half. Let's see if I like anything else. Kentucky's only a one-point favorite against Mississippi State. Hmm, let's see, let's see. Huskers, I would, but I'm just not going to. It's just not 
No. Until your team is really good, it's not good to bet on them, honestly. It's just not safe. No, it's not safe at all. And what about the, just real quick, how did Alabama end up covering the spread? That was so bad. I hate when that, it makes, actually, it just makes me in awe of the, of the guys who make the spreads. Yeah. That's all it does. The whole, I mean. It's like, wow, they still, they did really win by 25 or more than like right around there. That's crazy. After it being like a one touch, a one score game, almost the whole game. Yeah. And somehow in the fourth quarter, it turns into a 27 point game or whatever it was. Vegas had to call in. They were like, uh oh, way too much money being won here right now. We got to call it in. So, yeah, I don't, I don't love anything else. I'm going to stick with that Notre Dame minus three and a half. Like Michigan minus four and a half is tempting. Here's an interesting one Iowa and Wisconsin. Wisconsin is favored by three and a half. Like Iowa is, after kind of shooting up and then losing to Purdue, or is just getting no respect anymore. Like, no, they do not. I guess the experts just do not believe they have enough talent. Wisconsin stinks, dude. Iowa will win this game. I don't know. I I think I think Iowa will win. That is my prediction. No, I'm not putting that as one of my gambling picks, but I predict that Iowa will win. But it will most likely be an ugly game, in my opinion. Yeah. Like a good old fashioned seventeen fourteen. Maybe someone, maybe someone will get to like twenty three. Maybe sneak we'll up there. But I bet it'll be a nasty game because both. I mean, both teams have pretty good defenses too. So we'll see. But yeah, that's my pick. Notre Dame minus three and a half. We'll see if we can keep the positive positive train going. And for our local listeners, I wanted to do this real quick. The baseball minute. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves yes. for making the World yes. Series. Yes, I was down in Atlanta uh, this past weekend and got to witness the city, uh, the electricity sparked through the city as the the Braves clinched their World Series appearance. So yeah. I'm excited. The Dodgers were too loaded up with talent this year. Yeah. Uh, Screw the Dodgers. I, I'm happy for the Braves. Yeah, yeah, me too. For sure. And especially to lose Ronald Acuna, who's like this. Yeah. All, you could argue the face of baseball to lose him earlier in the season and then still have a great team. And then here we go, great series against the Dodgers. You pull it out and you're in the World Series. Congratulations, Braves. I hope you I hope you win the World Series. Dude, I remember talking to you about it in the summer when we got Jock Peterson, and we had just were kind of like, "Yeah, I don't really know if he's like that good anymore." He just kind of seemed like, like another bat, like yeah, he is he's dangerous. awesome. But no, yeah. he's been cranking it. Yeah, he was and, awesome and, in the and, postseason for sure. Yeah, and now instead of wearing like a gold chain, he wears a, a pearl necklace. Yeah. That's his thing. And to quote, to quote hey, him, they asked him, "Hey, Jock, why are you wearing a pearl necklace?" He's like, "Cause I'm a bad bitch." Exactly. <laughs> Did you see him? He came out after they won. He, he came out with a glass of, of red wine. I love that guy. Good for him, man. Congratulations, Braves. That's go Bravos. The go baseball Bravos. minute. Yeah, I hope they win it. We'll see. Well, guys, that's that's gonna do it for us on this episode of Paydirt Sports. If you don't already, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Paydirt underscore Sports or on Instagram Paydirt Sports. That's just Paydirt Sports, one word. And be sure to check out our website, paydirtsports.blog. Anything else I'm missing? I feel like I'm missing something. I don't know. That'll have all the everything you need to yeah, keep like up with us. Tighten up. Yeah. Tighten up. Guys, everyone have a great weekend. We'll see you here next week. Catch you next time. Chipotle sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs>